I'm going to offer a few remarks now, a little darmet. Um, and uh, if you'd like to, you know, stand up and stretch a little bit or something after a little period of sitting, that's fine. And um, I'll, I'll begin uh, speaking, but uh, you could, you know, move yourself around so that you'll be able to be alert and relaxed <laughs> as you listen. That'd be great. So finding balance in our practice, that's, that's the theme I want to explore for today. And um, the first thing to say about that is that it's always a little bit different, you know, what, what's needed in order to come into balance. So, it, so as I've been recommending during um, this, the sitting periods, it's really helpful to check in with yourself. Um, also, during daily life, to check in with yourself as you go about your normal tasks, as well as in uh, formal practice, and ask maybe what might be needed at this time to come into balance. Um, if there's a need for it, you might be walking around completely uh, balanced, feeling um, present, feeling uh, at ease, uh, able to meet whatever arises. But uh, a lot of the time, I think we're maybe moving a little bit into straining, into hurrying, or a little bit into uh, um, distracting ourselves or uh, or getting vague and uh, unconnected to what's going on. Sometimes you want to... Feel, we might feel stressed about um, completing some project or maybe starting some project, and then we can just notice it, notice the effect on our state. Oh, I'm a little bit tense here, I'm a little bit contracted. And then um, one thing that we can do, a kind of antidote uh, that we can apply when there's tension, is to take what um, we call the three-breath journey. You might have heard of that before. It's something that's often recommended. I think there's always time, whether we're at home doing uh, tasks around the house or um, at work, if we're uh, working in in an environment with other people, to stop what we're doing for one minute, you know, and take three deep breaths in order to settle, to ground ourselves. Takes less than a minute, really. And in our practice, um, and especially on the cushion, I think it's really useful when we find uh, there's tension uh, in the mind, tension in the body, to lengthen the uh, the exhalation, the lo- the out breath that uh, engages uh, the the parasympathetic nervous system. It's a way of calming the nervous system. Or when we're Working on the other side of the energy spectrum, you know, feeling a kind of a lack of energy and an inability to focus. What helps me in that kind of situation is often to to go outside, actually, outdoors. The weather uh, allows that. Maybe pull a few weeds or sweep a walkway. Do something that engages uh, engages my muscles and uh, kind of builds a little bit of energy in the body. Or in in meditation, when there's a, when there's a kind of dopiness, a, a lack of uh, a lack of uh, focus, I might count my breaths. 
That's something we often um, recommend. Or stand up if there's uh, a lot of uh, sleepiness, a lot of kind of heaviness in the in the body and mind. Something that helps me engage more with what's happening, developing some curiosity, developing some interest. Whatever sort of state we find ourselves that seems unbalanced, we can respond with a kind of antidote. You know, there's a story uh, that's often told about Ajahn Chah, who was a, you know, a Thai meditation master of the last century, teacher of many of the senior teachers in our uh, insight tradition. And uh, apparently uh, one time someone complained that he gave totally opposite advice to two different students, you know, that his teaching was inconsistent, you know, an inconsistent teacher. And and, uh, he replied that for him, teaching different people was a little bit like following them down the road or a path, we might say, use a Buddhist uh, um, metaphor. If they veer right, you know, you just give them a little push to the left. And if they veer left, you just give them a little push to the right. It's about staying in the middle of the road, which might spark your uh, your mind a little bit to bring up the idea of the middle way, which is often seen as a kind of defining characteristic of the Buddhist path. And Often this, uh, this middleness, the middle way, is used as a way of defining uh, the path, the Buddhist path, as neither ascetic nor indulgent, you know, a kind of balanced approach to uh, the way we take care of ourselves in our lives. But the implication of this middleness um, is really, it's very much related to balance in lots of areas, not just in uh, indulgence or asceticism. And there's a sutta in the text that's uh, often spoken of in reference to this, and probably many of you have come across it before. It's the Sona Sutta. It's from the Anguttara Nikaya. The story of Sona and the lute. So Sona was a monastic whose practice was not going very well, um, according to him. And he was considering leaving the monastic life, going back to live with his family. And the Buddha, who was far away at the time, um, apparently was able to read Sona's mind. And it said he magically then appeared before him and uh, spoke to him about his uh, plan to leave the, leave the monastic life. And uh, this is part of the conversation. I'll, I'll read part of the conversation. Uh, what do you think, Sona? When you were still a layman, weren't you a good player of the lute? Yes, sir. When your lute strings were tuned too tight, was it resonant and playable? No, sir. When your lute strings were tuned too slack, was it resonant and playable? No, sir. But when your lute strings were tuned neither too tight nor too slack, but fixed at an even tension, was it resonant and playable? Yes, sir. Then the Buddha goes on to say, In the same way, Sona, when energy is too forceful, it leads to restlessness. When energy is too slack, it leads to laziness. So, Sona, you should apply yourself to energy and serenity 
find a balance of the faculties and learn the pattern of this situation. That's a translation by Ajahn Sujato, who's an uh, Australian uh, monk who has done a lot of translating. Um, he's the uh, he's the founder of the um, the site Sutta Central, which is a really great resource for if you like to um, look at the the Buddhist texts and compare different versions of them. So his translation of this last phrase: "Learn the pattern of this situation." the pattern of this situation. So I really like that. I think, you know, what is appropriate in this situation? Tune your effort to fit this moment. You know, sometimes more effort is needed, sometimes not much at all. Sometimes what we need to bring is more discernment. Sometimes it's more a care, more concern, more metta. And a balance of serenity and energy, you know. The sweet spot in the middle, a balanced place. And of course, this for me, this brings up the teachings on wise effort, which is um, another, you know, another one of the uh, one of the teachings that really uh, focuses on uh, a balance. The wise effort, of course, is one of the factors of the eightfold path, and in that context, it has four parts: cultivating and and maintaining beneficial mind states, that's the first two parts, and then avoiding the arising and letting go of uh, or abandoning harmful mind states, that's the, the last two. So we train the mind to cultivate what is beneficial, what leads in the direction of peace, of freedom, spaciousness, and then to let go of what takes us and maybe others that we're interacting with, toward more dukkha, toward uh, less freedom. So that's, that's a, you know, a very uh, simple explanation of the four wise efforts. And in the wider context of the teachings, wise effort um, is not only about cultivating beneficial mind states, but also about the quality of our effort, the quality of our attention, the quality of our energy. What the Buddha was speaking Speaking of when he was talking to Sona. So tuning our energy to fit the situation. When we strain, when we apply too much effort, when we, we move away from peace and spaciousness, we tighten up, we contract. And um, I think often early in, in our meditation practice, people will focus on their meditation object as if they were kind of drilling into it with their attention. The object can seem uh, so slippery sometimes that uh, that we just grab onto it, grab on tight. But a mind that's really tightly focused on its object is, in the long run, it's really not so useful. So we ease up, we open up, we're there, we're present, we know experience as it is arising, but we don't need to bear down onto it. We don't. Uh, we allow it to unfold, and we receive its impressions. And then also, sometimes on the other end of the spectrum, the mind sometimes is dozy, disconnected, vague, or scattered, restless. And when it's like that, you know, we can sense that more effort would be useful. We want to 
bring a little interest, bring a little curiosity into the mind. We might count the breaths, as I mentioned uh, earlier. We might count the breaths if the breath breathing is the, the anchor for your, uh, for your practice. Might take the effort to consciously connect with each, with each breath. That's another thing that's often suggested. And there's a metaphor for that that I, that I like. It's a, a roller, co- ro- roller skating or, uh, or ice skating, if you do that, if you live in a place where there's ice, or skiing, the, the, the practice of putting the whole foot down and then gliding connecting with the ground, and then letting the connection unfold. We can do that with the breath. We can do that with um, paying attention to physical sensations, to connect with the sensation of breathing, and then just stay connected for the full length of the breath. And then again, reconnect, just like skating. That kind of really rhythmic, kind of pleasant um, rhythm. Staying present through the whole process and repeating again and again. That's a way of uh, developing a little bit more energy when that's needed. Staying connected. No matter what's going on in our experience, you know, we can always come back to awareness of just that. What is going on? Just to ask ourselves even, what is going on? What's happening now? And sometimes the conditions for that are really supportive, making it easy. You know, our life is quiet. There's nothing much going on in our minds. We're not worrying about anything, anticipating anything. And it's quiet in our outer environment. We're lucky enough to find the Goldilocks moment. You know, it's not too hot and it's not too cold. Just right. But but often in life, uh, it's not like that. Sometimes there are many things going on in our lives that all seem to be competing for our attention, sometimes very loudly. But even as things get complicated, awareness, mindfulness, mindful awareness can be our friend. It can help to keep us steady. The breath can keep us connected to what's happening moment by moment, one single moment at a time. We can take that three-breath journey. We can connect with our sense of body and space. We can remind ourselves that this is just how it is right now. We can meet the moment with a kind awareness. These are all tools that we develop as we practice that keep us in that help to keep us in a balanced posture, uh, an internal steadiness. And when we approach our experience from a balanced place, not pushing it away when it's difficult or struggling to hold on to it when it's delightful, we're creating the conditions for the clarity of mindfulness to strengthen, moving in the direction of insight. So this balance is a really, it's a really important piece of the path to, uh, toward, uh, toward awakening, you know, toward freedom. You know, something important to, to recognize, you know, our practice is not about striving to create some state that seems uh, desirable, but it's about asking right now what's needed, what's most beneficial in order to keep me present, in order to keep my mind clear, awake. 
we look for what's the most useful thing to do right now. And I think in the poem that I read at the, uh, before the, the meditation, uh, the last meditation session, gives us some hints about that. You know, what is appropriate in this moment? How do I meet need by giving? How do I meet a burden by carrying it? How do I meet calm with peace? So that's what I have for this morning. Very brief little uh, offering.